0: Welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Northumberland County will spend about $200 million in 2023. That is all the salaries, programs and services, plus the capital stuff like roads, new equipment and so on. Understanding where your tax dollars get spent is crucial. Politicians are under the gun. It is up to the county council to spend it wisely. Northumberland County Warden Mandy Martin will explain what the county is doing with people's hard-earned tax dollars. You will want to have a listen. I'm so pleased to have with me today Mandy Martin, the Warden for Northumberland County. Welcome to Consider This, Northumberland.
1: Thank you, Robert. I'm delighted to be here.
0: When you look back over 2022, what do you see as some of the highlights for County Council?
1: There were there were many, I think that we made great strides. One of the things that I'm was so pleased with was the fact that all seven mayors really were working in conjunction with one another for the greater good. In other words, the mayor hats were left at the table and we were acting. For Northumberland County for the greater good um, and I think over and over again in, in some of the project the, the broadband uh, project coming in, the Ontario Health team, Northumberland cooperation and and uh, outreach, the paramedic the expansion of the of the service in the community, housing initiatives, it goes on and on. Um, pretty impressive. And you can't do that stuff alone. You know, when you get to the county level, you you bring that level of need and experience to the provincial and federal levels. And I think that's where democracy kicks in.
0: When you look at the new faces around the table now with the new county council following the municipal election, Mm. do you... What do you sense from them in terms of the very thing that you just talked about, the, the sort of uh, giving over to the, the county and to the larger good?
1: Well, there are new faces and it's fresh blood and fresh ideas. Uh, that is always a good thing. I know it can make people uncomfortable sometimes when they think, where is that coming from or whatever? But that's how you change your patterns of thinking. That's how the ruts get stepped out of and you take on new initiatives, or more comprehensive or complete. I mean, these people were elected. They represent people. I mean, they don't come from nowhere. Um, so we, have, we respect that. So I, I think it's it's an interesting dynamic. I'm, I'm really pleased.
0: Now, what were some of the challenges that you faced in 2022? What were some of the more memorable moments where you felt you were going uphill a bit?
1: I think the COVID aftermath it really was a challenge because there were so many delays in this in the supply chain be it for trucks and equipment to construction to just staffing we've had such a challenge the world has changed when it comes to hiring finding qualified workers retaining staff those that was a factor that we hadn't figured I don't think anybody had in terms of what is what covid has done to our society uh, that's an out an aftermath, uh, but I think we've adjusted well. I mean, we're trying to address these situations, and uh, that's the challenge of the past year: was how quickly things can change. If it's provincial legislation, for example, that comes down and you're given 30 days or two weeks or whatever to respond, I mean, that changed the dynamic. You know, no longer can you just say, "Well, let's defer that" or "Let's go out and get a consultant." have a royal inquiry or whatever. No, no, you've got to act now. you got to do it now, you got to think about it. So you have to be able to think on your feet.
0: One of the biggest challenges facing the county and local municipalities are the budgets for 2023. Oh. Now, this year, more so due to the provincially mandated changes that will impact development fees. There's a huge loss of revenue. What is your reaction to this additional financial pressure being put on County Council?
1: Frankly, municipalities and counties, we uh, exist at the the whim of the province. Let's not forget that. So you don't bite the hand that feeds you. (laughs) You better be nice about it and work to find a solution. So, yes, that is a major adjustment. And so how are we going to make up that deficit? How are we going to... So we were talking, we're negotiating, we're you know explaining how this works for us. Um, and And is the outcome actually going to get you more houses? Or is it just going to get you more real estate? Is it going to get people into homes that they can afford? I don't know. These are things we have to think about. So that has been a challenge, let alone now the construction price index in the last year went up 16%. Then there's the rate of inflation, you know, six, 7%. These were things that we can't control, but we have to factor in. So everything that was delayed, you know, buying the truck, building this, building that has now gone up, you know, up to 20% more. So we are all faced with this municipally and at the county level and I don't mean just locally I mean across this province everybody's dealing with this how are we going to what are we going to change how are we going to adapt personally having been primarily raised in Northumberland I know that we've always adapted as a, as a populace we've had to we were too small to really get the attention of anybody major corporate sponsor or what you know what I mean we've always had to make you know tractors work using binder twine so it's an attitude that I think that we have that fight that commitment we are not going to go down we're going to make it work
0: we're talking though a loss of over a million dollars to the revenue at the county level by the loss of these development charges that's no small number so, when you're sitting back and you're thinking about well, how do we how do we deal with that? What sort of ideas are you coming up with? What sort of strategies do you see? well, here's here's the fundamental. Six
1: hundred and thirty thousand dollars represents a one percent tax increase at the county level. So that's the context. That's what you're working with. Where you cut, where you look at, Thus far, we haven't had to cut many services. Are we going to have to now? We're coming in right now. Tomorrow, for example, the, is the first of the hardcore council county council budget deliberations. They may pass it tomorrow, or it'll go to January 25th for the final. Who knows? But these are concepts that we have to get our heads around. Are we going to have to cut services if you... This, is, this isn't funny money, in other words, we're now at the point where the money that you're cutting means, okay, maybe the, maybe the trails in Northumberland Forest are closed, you know, I just use that as an example. Many people don't realize the range of services and functions that we have, um, plows, roads, whatever. All these things, social services, social programs, the things that have been downloaded. It is real money to us. It's real services. And so you have to start prioritizing. This is where the hard decisions have to be made.
0: The county's proposing a 5% increase right now in the general levy in its draft budget, plus a 2% increase in the levy for the reserves for capital projects. Correct. And if you go through that that document, I mean, there's not a lot of wiggle room when you read it. I mean, they're, they're very emphatic about, you know, we've got to keep doing this. We can't lose track of this. Mm-hmm. So how, you know, you talk about it in generalities, but can we, do we have any idea in terms of what options there are and what is seriously on the table and what is not? Well, this is why we have to have great relations,
1: relationships with, for example, the province and the federal government. We can't do this alone. In other words, we get $0.08 cents of every tax dollar that we raise, $0.08. Cents. The rest goes to other programs, you know, federal, provincial, whatever. So we don't have a lot of control, and yet we collect We collect the funds. We, you know, we wear it. We're the ones that get, you know, chewed out at food land or something. But, and, and I'm happy with that because I think... All these things should have a face and an interrelationship with with the public who we serve. So it does become then, for example, last year 2022, the county spent $10 million on health-related health care, health care issues like paramedics, the Ontario Health Team, the services. Um, we We support all these things that have Been downloaded over the years, right? So now we have to go and say to the province, you want this kind of response? You want this, you know, you want people living in homes longer and taking. Well, you're going to have to pony up too. Somehow or other, we have to look at this whole piece of the pie and how you allocate your funds. But we are not a limitless resource on the ground here. It's you and I. Rob, you know, with our own back pockets and pulling out our wallet, that it all comes out of that same pocket, and uh, it's how they want to distribute it. You know, so you cut you cut education provincially, and I'm told you know they've got a two billion or whatever they're in two billion to the good because they haven't spent it on this that or the other thing. Well, you know what? You downloaded too, so the two billion you saved. <laughs> is is fundamentally being reallocated in various ways across this province to the lower tiers to the lower tiers so we have to look at new ways of doing things we just do should we be responsible should we be responsible for policing should we be responsible for the fire should we be responsible you know entirely
0: in the last yeah. municipal election, there were candidates that were expressing frustration with the county, and yes. I mean, two two items really came clear. And one was bag tag fees. Now, yeah. is that you know you look at something like that and people get really worked up. Bag tags are expensive, and there was this expectation that the fees should be removed or lowered. Through the county or through a subsidy through lower tier municipalities so when you hear people talking like that you were talking about being in the grocery store and having people talk to you when you hear suggestions like that you know what does it mean to you as a politician to, to how do you respond to that
1: it's quite i don't have a problem responding
0: to that i think what's
1: happened is people don't understand the cost of waste the cost of their waste. You can't just keep throwing things away. You think it just disappears into the ether, the good the good garbage fairy comes in the night and takes it away. No, we've got 10 years left in our county landfill site if we're good boys and girls. Then what? So this isn't even planning for the future. We haven't got an, an alternate to that yet. However, we have introduced, for example, the, the organic waste stream. Plus the other two bins that you can use, et cetera, that reduces the not the amount of waste that you're putting out. In other words, if you stop thinking of just putting everything in one bag and having it removed, you can reduce. So 4.75 for a bag tag is the cost of the transportation, paying for the leachate protection, the trucks, whatever, whatever. Garbage, it's environmental now, and this is why we're we're in a worldwide crisis. There is a cost for what we are not taking responsibility for. So 475, if you are using all these other streams, you can actually, you know, reduce the amount of garbage that you're putting out frequency-wise or whatever. Adjust your mind to what you're calling garbage. And if you thought that was a free ticket, those days are done. It's like it's like greenhouse gas, it's like the ozone layer that we face, acid rain. You've got to face up to the reality of what we're dealing with here.
0: Another issue though that comes up uh, during the election and I, I think people get concerned about is roads. You know, again, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fiscal pressure, but is is there any chance of more resources going into road repair?
1: Well, at the county level, for example, we 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 have made a commitment to dedicate x amount of dollars per year to a reserve fund because what is being mandated by the province now is that every municipality lower tier and county have an asset management plan and that sounds very nice and you know isn't that nice i've got so many trucks and whatever but it also says you have to have a truck say that lasts for 15 years and and what's the cost of replacing it so that is what you put into reserves, you've got to be building. You've got to be building all the time. So we're doing that. Now that isn't, that's not very sexy. A lot of people don't like it. It's not the best bikini in the world, but it's important. That's how we have, we have to think longer term and more strategically. And that's what we're trying to do. Well, that is what we're doing, but that takes the money. Now, so investing in roads, for example, in many years past there we went through these these periods of time where people didn't didn't invest in roads they just thought you know that the tarmac was going to last forever and if i i remember rob when when the province downloaded the provincial highways to us to us highway 28 for example highway 30 whatever highway 2 so we have had to assume that on top of all the other kilometers of road uh, at the county level and also municipal levels, too. But we have to keep investing in that and maintaining. And I think for a lot of time, there were other budget items that were more popular, shall we say, that got the funds because it wasn't very interesting, you know, to talk about replacing a culvert. But, you know, here we are 20 years later, the culverts full and we're getting roads flooding and, you know, we're. Our roads are turning into canals because, the, you know, they're not they're not being deburmed and ditches and that sort of thing. So this is what we're stepping up and doing. It's maintenance. It's maintenance and, and high cost.
0: Social services is another item for the, the county. And with the threat of a recession and an inflationary economy, the demand for social services could rise. How is county council going to respond in 2023 to these pressures
1: well we already are planning and so on there are all kinds of programs you know I mean um, health related support systems programs um, finding shelters finding homes assisting with training um, we, we did a lot of work at the county level last year assisting and in the last term, assisting small businesses, you know, through the Business Entrepreneur Center, coordinating that with other agencies, making sure that people were getting a leg up uh, if they were a small business or tourism or whatever. That's one example. The social services programs, they're pretty good now. They're pretty good now in terms of what's available and, and is there a growing demand? I personally worry, I personally worry um about about the, the economic crunch coming with the rising interest rates and the mortgage the mortgages that people may have found themselves locked into. Of course, I worry about that,
0: but I guess but, the question uh, is is though, is is about the the finances. I mean, when you look at the budget, there's not really big increases, and i'm I'm just wondering strategically, I mean, uh, many people may, may be aware of the what the county does for us in terms of social services, but is there going to be enough resources? I guess that's my question. Is there enough resources going to be available so that if what you're concerned about, and, and I think a lot of people are concerned about, we get into this crunch that when the need rises, the county will be there?
1: Yes. I say yes, because they have been planning. They have been strategically planning and adapting knowing that the, the demand is going to come from over here, that there there, there are other ramifications, other um, age brackets or you know it's not just it's not just a senior citizen, it's a single mother, you know, it's a it, it's a young couple, whatever. But the programs are factoring in all those people and being very strategic. So yes, is it going to be easy? Not necessarily. We might have to cut something else. There's a big push on now, for example, the early years uh, child care service uh, across this county, which is, you know, quietly, quietly sort of always seems to fall below the radar, but is an, an immense service. You know, 6,000 people are are being served. So, yeah, the other thing that happens, and I think this is where the Ontario Health Team approach to things has started it's it's working with other agencies that may have their niche and we can make we can make the bucks go further if we pool um the the effort or understand each other's role and then better deliver don't duplicate do not duplicate serve you know serve the need not the organization
0: Affordable housing is at the top of many people's minds, and certainly it's also high on many politicians' lists of priorities. So I'd like to talk a little bit about homelessness. Now, the county, through provincial funding, is supporting emergency measures through Transition House. It's also supporting a warming room this winter. And at the same time, we are seeing numerous local initiatives. There's the sleeping cabin proposal for Coburg Council. There's another local business in Port Hope trying to provide support. And there are, you know, tempor- there was the temporary warming room that uh, came up uh, back in December, uh, you know, people stepping forward. And in fact, I just saw on Facebook the other day, uh, Mandy, that uh, somebody said, you know, oh, I know somebody who's unsheltered. I need clothing. I need food. And there was just boom, uh, this outpouring of support. So there seems to-, it seems to be high on people's minds. But is there another side to this? And that is has the public lost faith in the county to deal sufficiently with homeless issues because there's all these other initiatives coming up is is the county really meeting the demand that people want to see or not i guess is my question
1: i think the county is meeting the demand and the solid base what we are providing is actual housing solutions you know taking it further There are all the other adjuncts to being, quote, homeless. You know, there's the medical, there's the mental, all these other support services so that you're not just putting people in an ice hut, you know, on a parking lot for six months and then telling them to move on. Our solution, and yes, you may need that in the overnight, heaven knows in Crammy Township, we housed, you know, 540 people at one point over Christmas that we didn't expect with nothing, but you do those things on the emergency level, but that isn't solving the overall solution. This is what we need to do. So we can't do it alone. The taxpayer, the taxpayer can't do it alone as, a, as the responsibility. What you're illustrating and that outpouring for the support is what happens as it happened in Crammy over Christmas with the, with all the volunteers. We know that that the community can contribute in these ways. To meet some of the gaps, whatever, and 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 by collaborating, but for everybody to sit around and point fingers at one another and say, you know, it's you, it's you, it's you. No, it's it's what everybody can bring to the table in collaboration, and there have to be new ways of thinking about things. There have to be new approaches. How do we make it work? That's the trick.
0: So, for example, let's take the sleeping cabin uh, mm. proposal. It, it, do you see that as something that the county should be involved with, or the cab the county should be supporting as an alternative, or how do how do you see the county responding to those kinds of initiatives, which are grassroots and 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 are getting obviously a level of support they're raising funds, et cetera?
1: Yeah, there they are they're, that's their adjunct that's their they're they're out there doing their own fundraising, et cetera. and that's what I think. They should, they should also have boards, you know, they should, they should have boards of directors and so on. It's, it's, this isn't the age of Judy Garland and, you know, Mickey Rooney, you don't go to the barn and put on a show. We've got to make this work. Um, And I think the initiatives are wonderful. And I always say this too, ideas are 5%, 5% of anything. It's it's the execution of the idea that's 95% of your grunt work. And that's hard sometimes, but it's the 95% that is what will make the idea the 5% actually work. And so that takes homework. Do I think, for example, temporary shelters? I don't think that's our mandate. It may be in an emergency situation, you know, as per the storms and so on. But our job as as representatives of our municipalities and the county and the taxpayers is not to be providing temporary shelter. I don't, that's per, my personal opinion. I can support and assistance, but the mandate to suddenly say then, you know, here, you take this over. No, because we haven't, we haven't, built in all the factors that we have to answer for we're legislated we are so legislated by what we can do and and mandate and i think people forget that and i and i love the fact that they think we can do everything that's that's actually kind of you know gratifying that's stroke the ego but it it's <laughs> there just isn't enough there aren't enough egos in the world at the county level or or representatives or taxpayer dollars so we have to think in you know collaboratively and work together
0: but how how do we address how do we address the issue of homelessness then i know the county has the emergency shelter you know you you move at the pace that you can with the funding that you've got but meanwhile, there are people that are sleeping unsheltered, and it's friggin' cold out, and you know we have the storms and all that kind of stuff. Uh, how do we how do we tackle this so that we actually getting people into into some safe situation, and we're we're not going to end up with you know a dead body or or somebody suffering un- unfairly?
1: Well, I think we have we we do work. You know, we come to the table together. The various groups that come there are eight other agencies very directly involved and we are there at the table too um so across this county at this point in december as of december there were 79 officially registered homeless people so we are all aware because they have they have been identified through the agencies and i and it may be one off or Two agencies are aware of the same person whatever but this is what we're aware of and so we we start matching resources and consultations and you know whether it's support you know mentally or financially or medically we start matching Um, the homelessness situation in Northumberland County by the way uh, of course is dominated media wise the focus is Port Hope and Coburg you know there's there's a whole other part of the county out here folks and uh, we pay the bills too and we contribute and we have our issues we have our our population too and we don't want anyone dying we don't want anyone dying we want them supported everybody in this county belongs to this county and that's what we have
0: to be to take care of and that's what we do that's what we try to do for for those who live in Coburg and Port Hope, can mm-hmm. you tell us what, if anything, is different for municipalities like yours, Cramie Township, or Brighton, or Trent Hills, or Alnwick Haldimand? What what do you guys face when it comes to homelessness, and is how is it different, or how is it the same?
1: Well, often it it's the same. Maybe in terms of the need for mental services. Then there's the medical factor you know is it isolation or or whatever distance distance is a factor transportation is a factor access to services so we need to fact when we come to the table we need to get people to that's as you know though the Ontario Health Team Northumberland opened a clinic here in, in Colburn, which has made a huge difference huge difference to our local populations particularly with mental services mental counsels consults uh, and and very much appreciate and it can be discreet and so on. So we bring, I think our people in need be they couch surfers or whatever, or, or the housing crisis, it's not quite as visible because people may not be sleeping in open doorways or in bank kiosks because, you know, heaven knows we don't have a bank in Castleton or you know it's a different kind of it evidences itself in a different way but we know they're there we also know that there's a need because of the food banks and the food bank operations so we we bring a slightly less visible but it's just as needed uh, aspect to to these issues so it's it's not it's a little more difficult to imagine for people who live in an urban area because you see it very visibly. But in our smaller, broader area ge- geographies, it, it is there, but it manifests in a different way.
0: I want to move on now uh, and I want to talk to you about policing. Mm-hmm. Now the OPP provides policing to most of the municipalities in Northumberland, and only Port Hope and Coburg have their own forces. And I know, for example, over the holidays, um, especially with the road closures and the accidents over the holidays, um there were some questions raised about the cer levels of service and the and and whether uh, you know the, the jobs getting done and i guess with all the fiscal pressures that are coming at municipalities and you were talking earlier about creative solutions is it time for one county wide police force
1: some people say that you know i'm willing to i'm willing to listen to the arguments or whatever or the case put but for, to my mind that issue there is there is a much more immediate issue that needs to be addressed when it comes to you know policing the the traffic and the 401 closures and so on so forth and that is these rogue these rogue drivers out on the road who are speeding uh transports that that they're they're speeding their limiters they're way over the 105 kilometer number number two when the when they jackknife or they go off the road or whatever, and then the, the highway's closed. Everybody heads heads off into the hinterland with their GPS systems, because they think when, a, when they look at a flat map that every road is equal, and that there are no hills or valleys, which of course is not where, where we come from in, in Northumberland. So they're off in the woods. They're off in the woods getting stuck, waylaid and closing off our other roads. They do not obey the EDR routes. They're looking for the fastest way to to point whatever. That is, I think the province really needs to take a look at what's happening in the transportation business and start enforcing that. Um, I, that is an immediate crisis to my mind.
0: Have you voiced this to any OPP officials? Or uh, I know there's the uh, there's a police services board now between the the um, the five municipalities here in, in Northumberland. There's one police board now that speaks to the OPP. Have you have you voiced this to them?
1: I have taken it up. Mind you, this just happened over Christmas. I'm pretty vociferous, as you know, Rob. I just sort of blat out at everybody. I don't know but But yes, I am raising. I've raised it at the county level. I certainly have raised it at the county, but directly to the police. No, no, I have not yet, but I will. Um, I will. And I'm very, I'm quite vociferous about this. And by the way, the new Police Services Board that doesn't actually take effect until January of 2024. They're just in transition now. So the individually, the municipalities, those five, still have their own Police Services Board, and they're taking it down to that that other larger board by by 2024.
0: But in the meantime, uh, as I was suggesting earlier. Um the opportunities for money to be saved and, and uh, a single police force for say West Northumberland or for all of Northumberland. Um, is that, is that something that's going to be on the table for 2023? With whom? Just in the, the County at the County level, County council talking about it or, or looking at it or studying. Well,
1: that'll that would be, a- be up to the mayors. I mean, we don't, County council has nothing to do with supporting, you know, we don't hire. We don't hire. Okay. So if that comes forward, it'll be through, I don't know, one of our members or whatever, and they can see where that goes. But that's really a municipal, the lower tier.
0: Many of us driving through Coburg would notice that the Golden Plough Lodge, the new one, is uh, slowly rising out of the out of the ground. Um, What's what's that looking like for 2023?
1: Well, it was delayed, of course, by COVID, right? The the supply chain, blah blah blah. We are all we've all heard it, you know, as we await, you know, the door for our kitchen or something. <laughs> so we're looking at it's probably going to be the second quarter of twenty four before when it opens. But it's coming along beautifully. And also, Rob, I want to just say that will also be housing the Northumberland Archives. Which is really fabulous. It's going to be fabulous, and it'll be on the ground floor uh, and accessible, which I think, and adjacent to the residents of the, of the Plow, who can then, well, they're like they're like the living examples of of our history. I think that the the blend there is going to be amazing, and we've had um, terrific, terrific collaboration and and partnership with the. Uh, First Nations, the first exhibit is going to be about language, the native language and how it affects and so on. It, it's, it's going to be just a, a wonderful resource so that it won't just be this building set off at the side, it will be a functioning public, accessible, value added building. That, the archives as we know are currently housed in the Coburg Library and it's uh, if you've ever been in there, it's like a little rabbit war they do a great job, but it, it it's just so squashed and, you know, it doesn't celebrate our history the way I think we need to be celebrated. But the new facility will be wonderful.
0: What do you think is going to happen with high speed Internet over 2023?
1: I think that that's just booming along. We hit some um, again. It's it's the fiber is is being laid all over this county. Um, an amazing project, actually. Um, I often get calls from people who may be out way off in the backwoods there, and they say, "Why is that truck drilling?" And and it's it's fiber, fiber coming, fiber, not not just you know transmission towers. These are fiber. It, it coming to Northumberland County terrific initiative that Northumberland County has really led the way in terms of the, the private public collaboration on this project. So we're, we're optimistic. We're optimistic that things are going to connect, um, probably by, if not the end, end of 23, then the beginning of 24, for sure.
0: What are your next steps as warden? What are, do you look, what's on your agenda for the next couple of months?
1: I, I'd i like to get some sleep. Hmm. That may be, yeah, I'd like to get some sleep. So get the, uh get the, get the budget approved, you know, this month. Uh, I'm also as a warden, I sit on the Eastern Ontario Wardens Caucus, which is 13 county wardens and um, there are projects there to be taken up it's going to be it's going to be quite busy we have lots of projects rob really you should ask that in two months time because really right now i'm just trying to get through january
0: (laughs) fair enough fair enough (laughs) mandy martin i want to thank you so much for talking to me today
1: it is rob as i say
0: a pleasure That was Mandy Martin, the newly appointed warden for Northumberland County and Mayor of Crammy Township. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County, so please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.